ahead and call the meeting to order. 1,800 hours. Um, Ms. Troublefield, will you please take roll? Mr. Cathell? Here. Mr. Collins? Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? We have seven, we have a quorum. Um, motion to move into executive session. Second. Motion made, is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. Aye. We're now in executive session. Aye. Into public session and reconvening the meeting, I'd like to start with, if I could ask everyone to rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. So I have a motion to approve the agenda for May the 24th and approval of the regular meeting minutes from April the 26th and approval of executive session minutes for April the 26th. Is there a motion to approve? So moved. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Those three passed by unanimous vote. Recognition, Dr. Owens. Yes, we have several recognitions this evening. I uh, ask that uh, Mr. Williams join us at the podium, please. Good evening. Tonight we're excited to recognize two students for their outstanding achievement in the Business Professionals of America State and National Leadership Conference. To recognize our two award winners tonight, I'd like to ask Dr. Jeff Bunning, the BPA advisor for Indian River High School, to please join me on stage.
Good evening. I want to take a couple of minutes to give some credit where credit is due. Um, this was a year first for our chapter of Business Professionals of America. And when I met with the officer team in August, I asked them one very direct question. What do you want our program to look like this year? We were under COVID lockdown, fully in the pandemic. We weren't sure what the school year was going to look like. And my officers said, we want to run a full program this year. And we did. That includes recruiting, fundraising, participation in the fall leadership conference to develop leadership skills, service projects, preparation for the state leadership conference, preparation for the national leadership conference, and officer elections. We ran the full program. Because we did that, our chapter for the first time was awarded the BPA Professional Cup for taking advantage of the opportunities that our program offers. We do not have sports fields to play on. We do not sell tickets. Our events happen behind closed doors, in judged events, and as enrichment for the classroom. Our young people do amazing things. And because of that, we're able to honor two of our members this evening. First member we'd like to honor is Linnea Haynes. Linnea, can you come on up here? Linnea is my BPA president. She's an amazing young woman. She's been with me, she's a junior. This is her third year competing. And Linnea earned first place in advanced interview skills at the BPA State Leadership Conference. Linnea also campaigned and was successfully elected as the BPA State Officer Leadership Team Treasurer. Well, she will be assuming those duties as the 2021-2022 Treasurer. Well done, Linnea. Outstanding. <laughs> Second member I'd like to, to call to the stage is Vicki Chan. Vicki is also an exceptional young lady. She began her career with BPA in middle school, as Linnea did. She has put in a lot of time and effort. Vicki, I think, wanted to compete in every single event possible, and she earned places in six different events at the state leadership conference this year, including a first place in business meeting management. This qualified her to compete at nationals, where, for the first time, we had two national championships. Vicki brought home first place in management marketing and human resources concepts, and first place in administrative, uh, in administrative support concepts. She also placed fourth in fundamental word processing as a semifinalist. So, Vicki, well done. <laughs> Did I mention Vicki's a sophomore? I've got her two more years, and she's coming in as my secretary next year. Well done, ladies. Outstanding. 
Thank you, Dr. Bunning. We have a couple other uh, awards. However, they are not here tonight due to other engagements, but we do want to mention uh, that tonight we were going to honor our boys soccer team and Coach Kilby on winning their third state championship in the last eight years. Uh, they've been six of the last eight years they've been in the state championship winning three of them. So if you see any soccer players or Coach Kilby, please congratulate them. The other person that we wanted to, to recognize tonight is our athletic director. He was named to the Under Armour Hall of Fame for Women of Will. This award is for athletic directors who go above and beyond to lift up and empower generations of female athletes. So if you see Todd Furman, our athletic director, please give him a congratulations. And finally, we have two coaches that are coaching tonight and that's why they're not here. Our two baseball coaches were named Henlopen Conference Coach of the Year, Steve Longo, Head Coach of the Year, and Kevin Cordry, Assistant Coach of the Year. And our team won the Henlopen Conference for the first time in school history. So if you see anybody from the baseball team, congratulate them as well. Thank you. Okay, one last recognition tonight um, from Selbyville Middle School, Carson Scholar recipients. Mr. Kreese, if you could join me, please. Good evening. This evening, Selbyville Middle School is proud to have recognized by the Indian River School District Board of Education two Carson Scholars. For those of you that may be unfamiliar with the Carson Scholar program, here's a brief background. The Carson Scholars Fund awards $1,000 scholarships to students in grades 4 through 11 that demonstrate high academic achievement and strong dedication and service to their communities. Once a student earns Carson Scholar status, that student then becomes eligible to earn the status of Carson Recognition Scholar in the ensuing years. This evening, we will recognize both a Carson Recognition Scholar and a Carson Scholar. At Selbyville Middle School, we're fortunate to have 756 outstanding students. This evening, we'll recognize two of our finest. When I call your name, Carson Scholars, Please come to the stage to be recognized by Dr. Owens and the Board of Education. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in congratulating Selbyville Middle School's 2021 Carson Recognition Scholar, Ms. Maggie Bear.
And next, please join me in congratulating Selbyville Middle School's 2021 Carson Scholar, Mr. Evan Forgen. Thank you, Dr. Owens. Congratulations to all students. Public comments. Comes a time in a meeting where we allow the public to come up for uh, comments. And there are John Felg. Come on up, sir. You're allowed three minutes if you're representing yourself, or five if you're uh, representing a group. So you have uh, three minutes, sir. Yeah, representing myself, my children, and you. My, my community. So, first, I apologize for uh, my attire. I just came from T-ball, so it was a six o'clock game. So I got here as soon as I could. Uh, I just wanted to first thank everyone for giving me the opportunity to speak, and everyone else here. I know that uh, you know if we don't get many of these opportunities, I'm going to take it, and I'll be brief and say my three minutes. Uh, like I said, I'm in Somersaults uh, Beach Girl here in uh, Bethany. Uh, like I said, during the whole COVID, you know, we tried to help the community as much as we could, get involved in things, because, you know, once this all happened, we said we're going to worry about everyone else first, worry about ourselves last. And it worked. The system worked for us. Last November, I got COVID. I got it really bad. You know, I was hospitalized for a while. Uh, you know, and I was out of work for a few months. And, you know, my brother and my wife, they helped run the business and everything, keep everything going. And, you know, when I was going in the hospital, you know, my kids had it the same time I had it, my wife, my brother. And I told them, I said, look, I said, don't be afraid. I was like, that'll be fine. I'll be out of here. Don't be afraid. And the only thing I'm really here to say is you guys have tough decisions, and I understand that. And you guys do this, and you make decisions for our children, and these are our children. You know, when you have children, you know, between my, myself, my brother, my other sister, you know, we have 11 children in this district, you know, they're all younger and coming up through the process. And I said, when you guys are out here making blanket decisions, just the only thing I really need to say is just make a decision with no fear and stay by it. And don't be, don't be a follower. Make the decision that you, and stand by it. Don't say, you know what, let's wait and see what Kate Henlopen does with this. Like, no. Look at the science, look at the data, look in your heart, look at what's best for the kids, and just say, you're right. Let's do this. And let's move. We make a decision. We'll stand by it. Don't be wishy-washy. And just go with it. And really, that's really all I have to say. And I, I do appreciate you guys giving me the time to be up here. And like I said, uh, we always like to reach out to the community and, and be there. But like I said, just be there for our kids. Because remember, these are our kids. And you guys make big decisions for our kids. And our kids can't go through fear every day when they go to school. Because I have a kindergartner this year. He was the only one signed up 
board to ride the school bus. And you know what he said? He was the only one with two hours before the last day to sign up. And he said, I was like, buddy, you want to go? And he goes, yep. He goes, my brother went, I want to go. I was like, good job, buddy. I said, don't have fear. You go get out of the school bus, we'll walk you there, and you go have a good time. And that's all I had to say. Everything in life comes with a risk. Everything. There is no zero in life. There is no such thing. Just remember that when you're making these big decisions for our kids and for your kids and for your others and your, your kids who are having kids, just remember, this affects all of their futures. They're going to be looking at this and go, do I look at my past as a good outlook of what I looked at? Ten seconds, do I, sir. Do I look at it as a, a negative? Make sure it's a positive. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Paul Bolton. Paul Bolton and I'd like to compliment the superintendent's office of Indian River High School. I would, they were approached not too long ago about recognizing or they were asked if they were going to recognize the Peace Officers Memorial Day which was May 7th and I uh, worked with them and uh, we talked it over and we ended up putting out a historic announcement about that event which was uh, signed into a regular day of uh, recognition by uh, President Kennedy in 1962. And it is for all the police officers that have passed away, 24,000 of them over the years. And it was going to go unnoticed like it normally goes. And there was a little hesitation on the part of the Indian River School District, but we talked to them and uh, there was a historical uh, explanation of the event which was sent out by Peach Jar to the parents in the school district so that they could talk to their kids about this event properly and also uh, they did decide to do a morning announcement to give the kids an idea of what this event was again to recognize the people in police enforcement that have died and as you know it's a tough time for police officers right now very tough time and uh, they need all the recognition and support we can give them because they're some of the finest police officers in this area. They do a great job. I can call 911 and I know they're going to be there. They seem to be fair, professional, and motivated. And we need to show support whenever and wherever we can. Thank you very much for that opportunity to get that message out. Thank you. Anybody else wish to come forward this evening? Thank you very much. New business, school choice applications, 2021, 2022, May, 2021. Good evening on uh, board docs this evening, you will find a total of 55 school choice applications. These are for our upcoming kindergarten, priorities one through four. And there's a total of 55 applications and we're asking to accept all 55. Is there a motion to accept those 55 kindergarten students? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion upon these 55 students? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. <clears throat> Any other questions with school choice while we have Mr. Lewis at the podium? I have a question on the wait list. Yes, sir. 
Um, some of the schools are below capacity. Could you just uh, help me understand why they're on a wait list and not accepted if the school is below capacity? The reason for that, sir, is because of the fact that right now our kindergarten registration is very low, very low. And so uh, we've had conversation with our building principal and they decided to uh, keep those students on the wait list to see how many students they will have to enroll in kindergarten uh, within that couple months or so. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions about school choice? What would, what would have to be done for the students who are going from elementary to middle and middle to high school that are priority six, seven, whatever they are. Priorities five. For that to be, seven. or five, okay, for that to be revisited. That will be discussion among your board members. Okay. So what do we need to do? I think that um, students that have been going to our school and just because they've reached the fifth grade or the eighth grade and then they can't <coughs> go on to the next school, I don't think that's fair. I, I just don't think that's fair. And so I guess it's up to this board to. Mr. Lewis, do we have a number of how many students that would be? Uh, should be a total of 50 students, district-wide, all buildings, all grade levels. Uh, there are no students on the wait list. There are no students on the wait list for North Georgetown and Philip Shell. What was the total that you said? 50, five, zero. The question that I have had, and it, it's, a, it's a far lower number than those 50, but I, but I want to get to how we get to that, is my concern is um, in district families that wish to choice their child, um, as Ms. Connie said, specifically to a middle school or a high school, um, to get to allow those in-district students to choose no matter where they live in the district, to which middle school they go to or high school. And I'm, I'm kind of targeting that first year entry. So it would be the sixth grader at middle school, it would be the ninth grade freshman at the high school level. That's a small, far lower number, but we believe it would be cleaner if the board went ahead and approved all 50 of those students that are in that priority list to allow that to happen. Is that how we get? that number of 50, because I've been kind of honing down just the specific entry level for middle school and the specific entry level for high school. And I'm just, I know that's a much smaller number, but when we're fed the 50 number, it's to encompass every student within the district's choice. And to get to that group, we have to cast a large net. And the only out of district students that would be affected would be siblings from out of district. So that means a brother or sister is in the school currently within the district and they may, a brother or sister may reside outside the district. They're the only outside districts we'd, students we'd have to pick up in order to accomplish this full choice for every living, every student living within the district. Am I, am I correct? I apologize for my confusion, but I'm just trying to get to this number of 50. Sure. Uh, we have, um, February board meeting, we took priorities one through four, which incorporates in-district siblings and also the out-of-district siblings. So the siblings are together. Okay. Um, due to uh, the capacity of some of the buildings, 
uh, we chose to put everybody else on the wait list. Priorities five, six, seven, of course eight. Priority eight is your out of district students. So again, um, Ms. Pryor, as you mentioned, I mean that's the decision that the Board of Education is going to have to make which priorities you want to take. We've already taken priorities one through four right. now, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. So the remaining applications we have would be priorities five, six, seven, and of course number eight would be your out of district students. So are we, are we suggesting that we take additional students in those other priorities even though we may already be at capacity in those buildings? I, I think this, yes. But okay. these 50 students, we're using the number 50. Those 50 students are already students within the district, except for a small number. And I apologize, sir, I, I don't see it. Where we provided the listing of priorities, I got certain things. I can give you the 11 Marine Corps general orders, but I don't know all seven or eight priorities. Yes, uh, that was sent this afternoon. It should be on Thank your... Thank you. And so my second question, Dr. Owens, I know, um, did we have any discussion at the committee meeting in regards to this, or were there any recommendations from the committee regarding changes to school choice? It was, it was brought up and there was no discussion. No one had any discussion okay. points at the most recent. So I, I would suggest that if we do have things that we want to um, vet out, that they probably should properly be done through the committee um, it, it, you know, in the future. That's probably the best avenue. I agree with you. We tried. That was the same day as the funeral for the slain officer in Delmar and, and uh, Chief Collins, nor I were able to make it that day. So that was my intent to try to make it to that uh, meeting, the policy committee meeting, to kind of iron some out. It's some not just issues. that meeting. It's Mr. not that meeting? No, we've been discussing it for probably 6, 12, 18 months. I don't know. But, but, but that would be the appropriate meeting to have to the discussion. To change policy. Yes. But in order to allow the students within the district to have choice, we could still discuss that openly so that the public knows where their board members stand on issues such as allowing in-district students choice. And I, I agree with you, it may be a little bit more of a refined issue to take it to the policy committee and discuss it. I apologize, I've been unable to get to the policy committee meetings and this last one was one that I really thought, but we keep kicking this can down the road. So I thought it would be very important to hold this discussion tonight and I've, and I've often thought if you just take it to a vote, if we don't have six votes, then we move on from it. But these families have applied to, they're in-district families that have applied for these certain positions, which is contrary to the policies that we've set with school choice. We set our own policies with school choice. We're dictated the first few by the state level, and then we identify the five, six, and seven, and eights. Correct, yes. Yeah. So we, we set our own policy, and this policy constantly comes back in. A couple years ago, we decided to allow students, but set this policy so that students would know in the future that they, we weren't accepting any school choices. And I think we've done a very good job with not accepting out-of-district school choice. But I, I guess maybe for clarity, if we wanted to hold a vote tonight, out of those 50 students that we're looking district-wide, how many of those are out-of-district students? All of your priority sevens would be out-of-district students. And the number? Priority seven. The number of priority seven?
13. So a quarter of the students would be from out of district. And Mr. Lewis, you mentioned 50 applicants. Is it fair to say that there may possibly be a lot more applicants? They just didn't apply because they knew the policy in place? That is correct. Uh, we changed the policy, um, and I think it was in January, and um, in October, in October, November, we sent out, I think it was 910 uh, letters to school choice parents, uh, letting them know of the policy change. Um, so therefore, there could be many out there that did not apply because of the letters that they received. So this number 50 could grow to 60 or 70, I don't know. Could answer that question. But there could be some other parents out there who did not do the school choice application because of the letter that they received back in October, November. Mr. Lewis, did we or did we not let the parents know that when your child went from one school to the next school that it was not guaranteed that they'd be able to school choice? That's always been in policy, yes ma'am. So I'll just go on record myself because I, it seems like we have spent an enormous amount of time on school choice for what seems to be a very small population when in fact we could be spending that time on issues that involve the majority of our students in the district. So we set policies and it appears that it's fine and dandy the night that we make them, but then when it gets out within three hours after we've left a board meeting or the next day, people then want it, they give their scenario as to why they want it to change and then we come back. So I believe if we look at the bottom of that school choice policy that we've had since I've been on the board, we've probably had 12, 15 changes. We went so far as a couple years ago to do a moratorium. Unanimously, we voted on it to say we were putting a moratorium on it. And then because of a chosen few in the community, it didn't set well. The next month we had to come back and change it again. So for our own sake and for the sanity of your office and the people that work in your office and for the district, I think at some point in time, we need to stand our ground, stay with the policies that we have made, let it run its course and then go from there. Right now we're living in times where we don't even know we're half, not half, we don't know where many of our students are or if they're even coming back. Some of them will have to come back to the school in which they reside. They don't have a school choice opportunity. Capacity plays a large uh, factor in some of these things. So if we continue to use priority, or excuse me, use capacity, we don't need to go down this road. It's okay to have different views on this. I'm just I looking agree. into the numbers a little bit here. I, I, maybe I was led astray, but I'm seeing that uh, seven is non-district students of employees holding a permanent position within the district. I think we're ironing that out with teachers and non-district students are eight. So if we just took the fives and the sixes off this list and we just looked at those students that were going into the middle schools or the high schools, that really hones down this number. We're not dealing with 50. We're actually dealing with, just a second, two, three, 
looking at 26 students if we accept um, priorities five and six at the ninth grade and the sixth grade those students are all district students already and all we are allowing is the district students choice within their own district this is kind of a national theme when we talk about school choice and allowing parents or students opportunities so um, I will make a motion that we move forward with allowing priorities five and six in Georgetown Middle, sixth grade, in Millsboro Middle, sixth grade, and Southerville Middle, sixth grade, Indian River High School, ninth grade, and Sussex Central, ninth grade, allowing those students the opportunity to enter the school of their choice. That has typically been done in the past. However, we've instituted the policy and we've prohibited it this year and we were standing firm with her prohibiting it. I'd like to make that motion. There's, is there a second to that motion? I'll second that. Okay, there's a motion made and seconded. May I make a comment before we vote on that? Yes, sir. I, I believe some of that was discussed in the policy meetings and Mr. Lewis correct me if I'm wrong you were asked a question and you advised against it because we're targeting certain groups of people and that would not be equal to all students yes I mean I think if you're going to do this <clears throat> I mean you're, you're targeting probably targeting is not the best word but you're picking that group of students that the buildings are already over capacity and when you look at the elementary buildings there's some students out there, probably five and six, that you basically get into those schools because they're not at capacity or below capacity. Why are they not already there? Because we just selected one through four? Probably just one through four, correct, yes. Okay. We can vote. Is there any further discussion on it? The one thing I don't want to see happen again because it's happened in the past and my previous seven years on the board, school choice seems to take up the majority of the discussion time at these meetings. Um, policy's been changed and guidance has been changed numerous times. I, I don't want to see a situation happen again that's happened before where we get a block of kids that are allowed to go to a particular building, but then denied another block of kids are denied to go to another building using capacity as a reason. All of our schools are crowded. Uh, we've had it happen. We've had it happen at our high schools. We allow them to go to some high schools, but we don't allow them to go to the other high school. That's not right, discriminatory. If you're gonna allow them to go, they need to be allowed to go both ways. And I'm all in favor of that. I've carefully considered what Mr. Peden said about targeting those numbers. I was looking at getting a smaller number of students to move forward. I'd like to remove that motion and modify a new motion. That would be that we move forward with accepting all 50 of these students to move forward into their uh, school choice that are on this list in front of us tonight.
Is there a second, second to that, that motion? I just I want to be careful. Um, SDSA is a, in a little bit different situation. Were those numbers considering SDSA as well? Because I know um, that school has considered those seats that are just available. So um, you're excluding SDSA's numbers, correct? Correct. Okay. Did that 50 include those? It did not. It did not. That's okay. correct. I, I, that's why I was staying with that number of 50. So we're correct with that. Correct. Move forward with the 50, which is this list minus the SDSA students. That To clarify, that is the motion. Is that motion seconded? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? I just have a question. If we do the 50 that you have, are we then going to have a domino effect because they find out tonight that we approve these and then you're going to have parents that are going to start calling you tomorrow and say, I didn't, I didn't do this for my child because, and then we're going to go, this 50 is then going to turn into 60, 75, 80, we're going to find ourselves in the same position where we're in before. Correct. I mean, that's a possibility that could happen, yes. We could have that, but there's no cleaner measure than allowing the students that have put in the opportunity to go to that school. They, they, they put in and they've, they've asked to do it. I just, I feel strongly about choice for in-district students. And I think it's important for, I get a lot of phone calls over this from students that are questioning it or students that have put in. And uh, as you know, you don't get a phone call from every parent in the district, but you do on you do get calls on certain issues. And certain issue I kind of feel we need to talk about, take to a vote. We've got a motion and a second. Is there any further discussion? All those in favor of the school choice for in-district students, say aye. Aye. Those opposed? No. No. Can we take a vote? Mr. Troublefield. Mr. Cathal? Abstain. Mr. Carl, oh, excuse me. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Is that yes or no? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? No. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? No. Mrs. Wright? No. Five yes, three no, and one abstention. Uh, vote does not carry because there's not a uh, six votes. So Thank my question now is going to be, are, is, so are we going to have to go down this road again next month with the same motions again, or, or, or as of tonight, are we done with this? Well, ma'am, I just want the public to know who voted where. I don't mind telling the public the, how I voted. That, that, I want the public to understand as board member, this board member is for the whole district, not for special interests. I apologize. Could no you define special interests? I, I missed that. I didn't hear that said this evening. I just know that there's district students that are requesting to send their students within the district. And I apologize. I'm, I'd be no, very concerned. No apology necessary. Interest. We're entitled to our opinion. We can move on. The vote was taken. Any further discussion before we leave this? It's five to three. Vote does not carry. 6.02, district calendar changes. Change the Sussex Central High School graduation times on June the 1st from 5 p.m. 
and 7 p.m. to one graduation at 7 p.m. We need to take a board vote on that? Yes, we do. Is there a motion to so change the time to seven? Second. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 All those negative? Passed by unanimous vote. 6.03, 2021-2022 school year. Yes, yeah, so as I've done monthly, I want to give an update uh, regarding guidance and where we are as a district. Um, before I do, where we are, this marks the three-week mark before we close out the school year, and we will not have another board meeting prior to the close of this school year. So I just want to take a moment to um, acknowledge our staff, um, our teaching staff, especially with how flexible they've been and how they have adapted throughout the course of this school year. We've asked a lot of them, asked them to change uh, schedules and um, the way they're teaching from the start of the school year all the way through, and I greatly appreciate that. Our administrators have adapted with schedules as well, working with their team, our bus drivers, our custodians, our cafeteria workers, our paraprofessionals, our nurses. I could go on and on with the staff and what they have done this year, the sacrifices they've made. Uh, in addition, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our families. They have been unbelievably gracious with us and shown flexibility with their schedules as well. Um, patients under a pandemic, and I, I want to recognize our families as well with what they've done. Most recently, the governor has uh, updated some guidelines, and I'd like to share them with you. Face coverings, face masks are still required in our schools. Outside masks are still required if we cannot maintain the social distancing of three feet, which has been our policy throughout. Also, social distancing of three feet remains a policy in our schools currently. Uh, in sports, mask and social distancing for athletes has been reverted to normal with no mask or social distance mandates. However, we have encouraged our athletes to socially distance uh, when not on the field. Many of you are aware busing has been amended to three feet when possible, and that's the important change when possible for summer programming, and I believe that will move into our next school year. So with that, we are planning for a full return, and we'd like the, the board to uh, hear our plans for next year. And I have drafted a statement that I would like to share with the board that we can share with our community if you agree this evening. Uh, based on our recent guidelines, guidance from Delaware Department of Public Health and the governor's office regarding social distancing and the relaxation of capacity limits for school transportation, it is the intent of the district to operate in a five-day-per-week, full-day, in-person instructional model for the 2021-2022 school year. The district is currently developing plans for all students to fully return to classrooms to start the 2021-2022 school year. The district has no plans to return to a modified remote hybrid model. We would like to thank, as I've done tonight, all of our parents, staff for their patience and understanding during this challenging year. Now with that, we would need, uh, unless mandates continue to relax, we will need to work with our schools to uh, observe that three feet of social distancing within our classrooms, and there will be work to, to be done given our capacities at this point and we are prepared to do that. So um, I open it up to the board for any additional comments or questions. 
I've received overwhelming number of emails from the professionals in the district that want exactly this to happen. I would say 99% of every email I got um, from teachers and employees in the district asking about what direction we were going and talking about giving their opinion. Everyone I felt was overwhelmingly looking forward to a fall starting back full time. So I for one am very much in favor of this and I appreciate us putting it out there so parents and the public understand what we're planning on doing this fall. So thank you for bringing it up now, Dr. Owens. Any other questions or issues with it? Do you need a board vote? It doesn't require a board vote. Board vote as long as I have support here, and it sounds like I do. We'll move forward. I think we take a board vote on it to support the superintendent in his direction to open school fully this fall. So moved. Motion second. made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? That is a unanimous vote. Thank you. And I just had a question. Would there still be opportunity for remote or that's out nope. of the... So we have not gotten guidance yet. The state has said there may be an option for remote. So we would need to look to see what criteria we would put in place to qualify students for that remote option. Thank you. So we've done remote in years past. There are certain criteria. So we would look at that existing criteria and we may amend for certain things, but we'll be able to tackle that in the next month or so. <clears throat> Thank you, Dr. Owen. 6.04, new math curriculum, grades 6 through 12. Yes, uh, we are looking at a new math curriculum, and at this time I'd like to ask Dr. Jerns to uh, approach the podium and give us a brief update, and then I believe Mr. Wheatley is going to provide us with um, a presentation. He will. Good evening. The Secondary Department of Instruction has recently embarked on a path to select and pilot a new high-quality math curriculum for both our middle schools and our high schools. Mr. Jimmy Wheatley, um, our secondary math coach, has implemented, he created and implemented a selection process that has put teacher voice and student learning to the forefront of making this selection. So I ask for him now to join me at the po podium so he can share with you an overview and the hopes that we can gain your vote for a purchase this evening. Hey everybody, thanks for having me. Um, if you go ahead and go into your board docs, you should be able to follow along with the PDF so you can actually see. I'll reference the slide numbers so you can um, follow along. Um, so my name is James Wheatley. I am, uh, this is my 13th year in education. I've been here for about three years. Prior to this role, I was an instructional coach for the University of Delaware, and I traveled the state and worked with about 13 different school districts uh, and worked with, uh, subsequently, a lot of different math curricula. Um, so uh, I don't really say that to toot my own horn, but I want to say uh, a little bit of strength and put some uh, meat behind uh, when I say that this is one of the best curriculums uh, that I've ever seen, and it's a great choice that our teachers have made. Uh, so if you go to slide two, our goals, I'm going to be very, very quick. Thank you for spending your time on this. Uh, I'm going to show how teachers selected this curriculum, and then I'm also going to showcase the quality of it. So on slide three, uh, you're going to notice that our current springboard math curriculum does not pass a lot of the metrics in ed reports. This is one of the metrics that the Delaware Department of Education uses in order to determine if a material is a high quality instructional material. On slide four, you can also see that our high school version of Springboard does not fare much better. Now, that doesn't mean that we weren't using an, um, a, a terrible resource. We were certainly using something that 
uh, required a lot of effort from our teachers. We've made common assessments, EL versions, we've made our own presentation slide, we've made our own lesson plans, the list goes on and on. And those alterations have worked. Uh, if you look at slide five, we'd ha we've had some increasing gains over the years. That 2020 data is missing from COVID. And then if you look at slide six, uh, you can see that we are above the state average in mathematics. Uh, and we are nearing the state average for our SATs for the district. That's up from 22%, so that's nothing to scoff at those gains. Um, anyways, uh, in terms of this data, um, when you're looking at a new math curriculum, I've seen a lot of districts go through this process and fail at a lot of the markers. So before we started, uh, I looked at every single math curriculum out there. I'm on slide seven. I, I basically put down uh, a lot of different metrics, and if it didn't pass a couple of them, it automatically failed. If you go to slide eight, you'll see that there were four different curricula that actually passed that uh, in order for a deeper dive. And then on slides nine, 10, 11, you can see that I went down through each pretty extensively. On slide 11, there's another one. On slide 12, 13, and 14, you're gonna see that I went through the pacing guides for each one, determined if the scope and sequence was right for our kids, whether the major content was in the correct order, whether we were going to get the content in before our standardized assessments, et cetera. Um, and then on slide 15, you can see that I surveyed all the teachers. These are all the things that they wanted, and I made sure that whatever our choices were going to be, that it included all of these great things. Uh, so on slide 16, you'll see that uh, I followed this curriculum support guide, uh, and inside of it, and this is right from the Department of Education as well, uh, they, they highly recommend this resource. Uh, a primary and secondary selection committee was formed on slide 17. You'll see all of the different uh, administrators, instructional coaches, specialists, data personnel. They all reviewed these two out of those four options because out of the four, only two really passed. Um, and uh, after this deep dive, all of these personnel in our primary selection committee, they both said that these would be suitable for our district. On slide 18, you'll see that there was a secondary selection committee made up of teachers, inexperienced, or excuse me, novice teachers, experienced teachers, all the way from AP to, to um, you know, Algebra 1, uh, down to sixth grade, all, all over the place. EL, uh, Spec Ed, uh, everything. Uh, we surveyed them on slide 19. Everybody really wanted something for the fall of 2021. After this year, they really needed something to support them. Uh, and they, it, as you can see on slide 20, uh, no matter what, even with summer professional development and a short implementation plan, they wanted it. So going on to slide 21, we have transparency updates. We updated every single teacher pretty much weekly on this process over the course of about uh, six months. Uh, on slide 22, we surveyed them on how well we were doing on keeping them updated, and uh, as you can see, it went fairly well. 20, on slide 23, you can see that uh, people prefer this way over uh, past curriculum adoption processes. And then uh, slide 24, we still kept surveying them. Are you sure you want it this soon? Are you ready for this? And they do. On slide 25, you can see that Carnegie Learning was our unanimous choice. The primary selection committee and the secondary selection committee voted. Uh, it was unanimously chosen, I think about 33 votes to zero. Uh, and like I said, it is uh, by far the most impressive curriculum that I've, I've seen in mathematics. So the last bit, um, is it any good? So if you look at slide 26, uh, you can see the Ed Report marks. Uh, it is near perfect in every single grade level and every single category. 
Um, if you look on slide 27, it's, it's a nice, easy progression uh, in terms of pedagogy as well as uh, just instructional practices for our math teachers. They're used to the disposable textbooks. We still have that, but there's a strong computer component that goes with it. Uh, it is a one-to-one -one match with the textbooks, so whatever they are doing in the computer mirrors what they're doing in the classroom. On slide 28, you'll see that it has um, a bunch of different features I just put in bullet points for you. Uh, but it's got a great uh, scope and sequence, disposable textbooks, Spanish versions, direct EL support, research that shows it works in high Hispanic and high spec ed populations, high tech integration, uh, RTI materials, lesson plans, the whole nine yards. Uh, it's very interesting to see a curriculum that uh, was made in 2019 versus something that was made in 2011. Uh, and most importantly for me, it's a perfect stepping stone pedagogy wise on making our teachers more effective in the classroom. Um, so, if you take a look uh, in your PDF, you will not be able to see this, but I have a couple different animations of uh, the textbook. The textbooks are really uh, kind of nice uh, with the way that they're laid out. You'll also see that uh, the teacher's implementation guide has a lot of different features for uh, the um, teachers as well. Uh, I'm gonna show a couple slides off. Uh, you can actually see them on your screen as well. The slides are already done where teachers can actually alter them. Uh, and change them up and tailor them to our kids. On slide 34, I have this nice little sizzle reel. It's like 45 seconds of a video. It showcases all of our pilot teachers that are piloting in the, in the buildings right now. If you're on slide 34, you can actually click on it. There's no sound, so it's not gonna uh, light up your computer. Um, but you can see some of our students and teachers working in action. Uh, we've done both the, the book delivery as well as the computer software delivery, and it's actually, um, turning out way better than I have, uh, could have imagined, especially when it comes to data, uh, data reports. At the end of the video, you're gonna see actually, one thing that I wanna point out is that there's an Honors Algebra two student up there right now who is doing a lot of different high-level mathematics, but they're able to do it much more efficiently with the software because they're not required uh, to write a lot down. The data reports are shown on slide 35, if you go to slide 35. Uh, you can see that it drills down by topic, module, unit. Uh, if you go to slide 36, you'll see that it, it literally goes out by every single standard. So instead of our teachers spending all of their time figuring out how to do data collection and how to sit together, it's already done for us where we can now have conversations on where can we uh, curtail our instruction, where can we help our kids out the most. And what's uh, really interesting, I have an animation up on this slide. Uh, you can see that one student has been doing it at home uh, and they've gone above and beyond. And on slide 30, uh, 38, you'll see that this is a middle school student who is now proficient in four different high school standards because they just went above and beyond and decided to go. Uh, and that's what this program allows us to do for our high flyers as well as some of the kids that need more support. Um, last but not least on slide 39, uh, just to include data talks, there is a week by week basis, whether it will tell us if our students are on track uh, to be successful on standardized assessments. Uh, and then finally, on slide 40, this was just a sample. Like I said, this was a year and a half long process that I've kind of distilled down into seven minutes. Um, but the curriculum is an extremely strong, high quality instructional material. I'm uh, really put my word behind it and my name behind it. Uh, teachers are incredibly excited right now to get something in their hands that's going to support them after they've been uh, kind of left out to dry by our current curriculum company when it comes to technology. So uh, at this time, uh, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to ask me. 
On slide 41, you'll also see that I have a tiny URL. If you just type in that website, you can see the entire process uh, all the way back from when we started until now. I've logged everything. So if you have any questions at this time, uh, I'd be more than happy to answer them. Mr. Wheatley, I want to commend your hard work on this. It's obvious. We, you, you presented at the uh, committee meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, we could tell that a lot of time and energy and, had gone into this, and um, it certainly was a deep dive. So uh, I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. No question. Is there a motion to accept the new math curriculum? So moved. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you very much. 6.05, long-term instructional technology plan. Yes, thank you. We, uh, we were positioned fairly well when we moved into uh, remote learning last spring uh, with Chromebooks and some of our other technologies. However, we learned quickly that we do need to continue to move in a positive direction to keep ourselves ahead of the curve. Uh, Mr. Ruggiero has developed a very comprehensive plan. He has presented as well at the committee meeting and has done a lot of legwork in uh, analyzing what are the best technologies for us, the amounts we need, and the purchase cost uh, in conjunction with Ms. Smith. So at this time, I'd ask that Mr. Ruggiero uh, provide us with a uh, overview of the plan. Hello, everyone. How about that Jimmy Wheatley? He can make a presentation. <laughs> like following Eddie Murphy or something, or stand up routine. But that's okay. So, um, you know, just talking about this, uh, what is this long-term, uh, you know, instructional technology? So basically, it's going to be where all students are able to have a dedicated device that they can bring home, bring to class, uh, just like a standard textbook. Um, you know, it, it's also about providing our staff with the technology they need to do their job. So that means modern laptops, up-to-date smart boards, and those sorts of things. And that's really it. Um, so really, is it anything different than what we're doing now? Not really. Um, you know, uh, we've given out about 7,500 Chromebooks uh, over the course of this to students. Um, we've been replacing staff laptops uh, over the course of the last several years. Uh, that's almost, uh, you know, we're at a good point with that. And, uh, you know, formalizing this just uh, is, is formalizing what we've already been doing over COVID um, just to get by and just doing it better, uh, essentially. Um, you know, the, the, the fiscal implications of this, so this, uh, you know, this, this ESSER funding is great for this because, you know, throughout uh, the years, uh, various funding sources like Title I, um, you know, some of these other 509, some of these other funding sources have piecemeal brought together some of these things that we've bought. So that the Chromebooks, your carts, uh, staff laptops, smart boards. So, um, you know, this, uh, before the pandemic, basically we were in a cart-based model. So there was a computer card sitting in every classroom, every other classroom. Um, and basically, you know, based on where that funding was, which teacher owned the, the, the Chromebook, <coughs> um, it made it inefficient for how we use the devices. Because, you know, you could have a cart sitting there and maybe, the, maybe uh, somebody else didn't have one at, at the same time. So basically, you know, if we're, um, 
assigning devices, it increases the usage efficiency uh, massively because uh, you know everybody will just have them. And uh, the devices are very uh, agnostic to you know individual students and settings. Any device can be interchangeable. I could take those devices right there and give them to students. They'd be able to log in. Um, you know, and, and the other thing with the fiscal implications of this, um, this is we were spending money on this anyway. This is just using this funding in a more efficient way. So, just as an example, about 4,000 of the Chromebooks of our fleet of about 12,000 um, are end of life this year um, in September. Uh, they won't get updates. There's no guarantee they'll be able to work for testing and all these things. That's just the way they're they're made. Um, also, about 350 of our smart boards are over a decade old. Um, and this support was in 2019, and that doesn't just mean we can't get support for them, it means that they could break at any time with a software update from Smart or Microsoft or anything like that. They've been warning us for years about it. Um, so yeah, in short, we're spending about the same amount of money that we were going to spend anyway. We're just spending it more efficiently, uh, you know, we're getting bulk pricing for everything, and we're getting more daily usage per device. Um, so I did do a cost analysis. Um, so I did a cost analysis. It's also on your board docs, um, but there's a little uh, there's a little bit of a summary of it. So it's basically going to be about 1.7 million dollars on average, and over the uh, the next several years, that uh, ESSERF money, uh, formerly known as CARES money, uh, will be used uh, to sustain it. And I think this is a high estimate. Um, you know, I did some calculations with a loss rate and a break rate um, and those sorts of things, and I think those are very high. Uh, but I didn't want to, you know, underestimate. Um, so, you know, how will all this benefit students uh, in the community? Uh, obviously, students will have access to devices 24/7. Um, IRST is just increasing their digital curriculum. I mean, Mr. Wheatley just talked about the new uh, curriculum. It's got some exciting digital components. Um, and that'll be available at home at school. Um, and also, you know, if there is any remote learning, um, great to hear about the five-day uh, resolution we just did. But you know, whatever the remote learning situation is uh, next year, uh, it'll be made easier and less burdensome because we'll already have the devices ready to rock um, for those that need to be really remote. Um, also, so so how will this benefit educators? So you know, basically, the for the staff laptops and the staff smart boards, it'll ensure they don't have for lack of a better term, old junk. They'll have uh, decent laptops, they'll have decent smart boards, they'll be able to utilize new features and, and uh, things on them, and they'll be able to make sure they are working and they don't have uh, bulbs that explode in the middle of class and all those things that, that come with projectors. Um, you know, uh, dedicated student devices, uh, that'll ease the need for educators to actually manage the carts and, and deal with that, so that'll free up their time. And, uh, you know, basically staff can fully and equitably leverage technology tools to enhance differentiate instruction from our um, So that's the basics of it. Uh, you know, a couple of fine details I wanted to point out. There is an FAQ in the board docs that has a lot more uh, information on there. There's also that fiscal projection on there. But, uh, you know, some, some cool stuff. We develop an in-house uh, check-in and check-out system for it. Um, basically, we can digitally inventory everything. We can see who has what, because uh, that's one of the biggest problems is, is making sure we know who has what. Uh, schools are starting to roll this out. We have about over half the district already on it. Uh, basically, they can just use a, a front, front office staff, librarians, whoever, can use a clicker, uh, scan the thing. It'll uh, can populate who the person is, uh, check it in, or conversely check it out. Um, and we're also working on a feature where um, basically they can digitally sign an agreement, print, print it out for them, and then we'll have everything on the 
So some cool stuff going on. Um, another big question is, what do we do if a student brings the card in uncharged or forgets to bring it? So we will have enough uh, devices to bring in uh, loaner carts, uh, basically in key locations like uh, libraries, front office, where we can use the same checkout and checkout check-in system to, uh, to give somebody a loaner uh, for the day and uh, they can bring it back uh, at the end of the day and with the system we could even have a report somebody has two at the end of the day so they need to bring one back. So, you know, just to keep, keep, keep tabs on it. Um, as far as uh, liability, so basically guardians would be charged the fair market value of the device if it's broken in a uh, negligent or malicious manner or lost. And uh, new devices won't be issued until uh, you know, charges are paid, uh, but students would be able to use loaner devices um, during the school day. Um, and the other question that came up was, uh, what do we do about you know, internet access? Obviously, that's a big hot button issue throughout the state. Um, we did distribute about 1,000 hotspots uh, this year. Um, those will be active until December uh, of this year, of 2021. Um, and we are advocating to have that uh, program expanded, uh, you know, with that existing money uh, at the state level so that those devices that we've already done the work to pass out and give to people that need will have that extended. But there's no guarantee on that, so we're just going to reevaluate that as the time comes. We'll have to go on to figure that out. Um, and with that, that's, uh, that's about all I have for that. So if there's any questions, uh, I'd be happy to answer. Any questions from the board? Do we want to go ahead and take a vote on? Is there a motion to accept the long-term uh, instructional technology plan? So moved. Is there a mo motion to accept? Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, passes by unanimous vote. Thanks, sir. Thank you, Mr. Rogerio. Sussex Central High School logo. Yeah, I've updated the board over the last uh, few months with regard to uh, a couple community members um, that have approached me with some concern that they've re they are concerned and um, some other folks in the community concerned with the transition away from our original Golden Knight logo used at Sussex Central to uh, the more traditional logo that is currently on our signs within our school. So I, what I've provided in board docs this evening is uh, some illustrations of the, some of the logos that have been used over the years. Um, this is an all-inclusive, but it does cover many of our more popular logos. Um, as you are aware, we are in the process of designing the new Sussex Central High School, and with that, we will go through a branding process. So I think this is an ideal time to look at our various logos and to come up with some decisions on uh, which one or ones we may want to use moving forward, and we may want to consider uh, policies around both the logos for our northern end, our feeders to Sussex Central with this golden knight, as well as our um, logos for Indian River High School and those feeder patterns as well. So I did want to just open it up to a discussion. And if we want to uh, consider these logos and which logos we use for the new school, uh, my suggestion would be to uh, get a committee together with various stakeholders, students, staff members, um, what have you, the, the, the priority of the board here, to come up with some decisions on what logo we actually use. So I'm certainly available 
uh, this evening to answer any questions. Um, what I am understanding is that the logo made the transition to the current logo when we moved to the new school uh, that we're currently in in 2004. And that's when we moved to this, uh, the, the more uh, modern looking logo. I can tell you that the, the Golden Knight logo is used uh, within the school. I know uh, George, uh, excuse me, Millsboro Middle School just purchased a wrestling mat that has the traditional logo on it. And I do know that uh, Sussex Central uses the logo on graduation materials and other uh, distributions within the school. So I can tell you there, there are several that are used, including the interlocking SC, which is used with uh, quite a bit of our athletics. So just want to make the board aware of this, and certainly I can answer any questions that you may have. Dr. Owens, I too was uh, contacted by a very passionate uh, community member about the old logos, and I do concur and agree with you that maybe a committee should be formed to discuss the different options. Has logos at either one of our high schools ever been a topic for the board in the past? Sometimes the board gets accused of getting too involved in different things. I'm just kind of wondering if we get into the logo. No, we, we don't have any policy that I'm aware of around the logo, so I don't think the board would uh, have had a reason in the past to um, be part of that decision-making, but I, I wasn't part of that team, so I'm not sure. But um, No, I'm not aware of the, the board. I think we could save a lot of time at tonight's meeting. I think we should probably put a committee together to look at it. Um, I was contacted by a, a, a couple of these members that uh, I too, I, I love the traditional one. I, I like it. I think it's we keep it. But some people's mindset was uh, different than mine that we should only use the original one and get rid of everything else. So I think it's worthwhile rather than taking a vote and eliminate tradition. I think we just have a committee to look at it and see if we can't find a way to be inclusive for everyone. Currently what we have, what we use, what we used to use, keep the traditions alive, and uh, maybe even design a brand new one for the new high school. I don't, I'm just, just the thought process. I'm going to the students maybe design a logo and we could vote on that. I apologize, I couldn't hear you, ma'am. I was going to suggest that perhaps we have students design a logo and it could be a competition within the school and then we could vote upon that. I like that idea. I'm, th I'm being told that the traditional logo was designed by a student I, in the 60s, but I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand because it, we didn't consolidate schools till like 69. So it may have been something that we just, uh, we brought from the Georgetown school and put the Millsboro colors on and went from there. I, I like it, but I just don't think that should be our sole one. But if we don't need to dis any further discussion before we put it to a committee, I don't think we need to take a vote on the logo. Any further discussion? Dr. Owens, let's look at putting a committee together as we move forward with the new high school to discuss the logo. No problem. I'd be happy to sit in on that, but I just don't think we need to take a vote. Thank you. <clears throat> Moving on from the logo, 6.07, uh, school bus GPS system. Yes, thank you. We, uh, we received a presentation at the recent committee meeting on a uh, potential new bus GPS system, which is uh, quite impressive. And I think it kind of helps to move us into where we need to go in terms of a transportation department and the availability to 
track our buses and for parents and uh, <coughs> families to have the ability to see where their students are and where their bus is. So at this time, I'd ask uh, Mr. Walters and Mr. Tidwell to um, provide us with a brief overview of the system. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you guys for your hard work for this as well. I know this has been a long time coming and you've done a lot of legwork to uh, investigate this particular system and how it would impact us. So thank you for that. We look forward to your presentation. Good evening. Uh, purpose is uh, I'm here to request funding for uh, GPS and combo readers with tablets for all of district contracted buses. So we look to slide two. Currently, we have 12 district buses that have the GPS installed on them. What that allows us to do in the transportation department, we're able to uh, track our buses through a web-based server, and it allows us to know where our bus is at at all times. We also can on the back end of this software, we can do a lot of tracking and bus times and analyze what our buses are doing positively for the schools and our families. The, uh, we've been able to view firsthand how this new technology can benefit us. I brought Dr. Owens down to the office, showed him on the big screen, and it is impressive that we have the ability to see all 165 buses at a 15 second interval throughout the school day and even in the evenings. If you move to slide three, you'll see that there are multiple parts of this VO Now program. You'll hear VO Now as we are moving into from MapNet to VO Now. The state of Delaware was able to provide the interval school district for $25,000 to upgrade our software when it comes to mapping. Within that, it's going to help us do some other things. And as we move to slide four, you will see one of the screens that we, that Harold and I would be able to see from the transportation side. This is just something that us in the transportation department can see. We can see where every one of our buses is. If they're green, they're moving. If they're red, they're standing still. If you look at the bottom of that, we can break it down for individual bus and I can track, we can track where that bus is by minute, by stop everywhere it's going, where it stopped at, where it ended. Move to slide five. We have the ability to do this, Harold and I can have this on our phones. 24 hours a day, we know where our buses are. We don't have to log in anywhere. We can bring it up, we can bring it up, we can bring them all, we can go down. It, it, the ability for us to know where our buses are at all times is in the palm of our hands. Move to slide six. This also gives the schools the ability to know where their individual buses are at all times. If you look at the picture, this, the ones in red, those are the buses that have already arrived to the school. If you look in gray, those are the buses that are on their way and it actually gives you a duration of how far they are to the school. And if you look in black, it's the buses that are no longer on the location. They have departed, they've dropped the kids off, they've moved on to the next, for our situation, probably on to the next route to go pick up the drop to the second and or third school. Slide seven is what I feel as if is probably the most important part of this for our families in the Denver School District. This gives us the ability, these GPS gives us the ability to have a where's the bus at. Each individual parent, guardian, grandmother, 
has the ability to know where their child is on their bus in 15 second intervals. It's very secure, it's very easy. I uh, reached out to some of our district families today to find out firsthand. I reached out to teachers with students in the district and the overwhelming majority said, please, 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 yes, this is great. I know you asked if I would do that. The overwhelming majority was, please do this, this is great. It was actually put in my hand to reach out to Cape and Lopen because we have a district employee whose son drives a bus with a consortium to get them involved in this too because he would like to know where his child is while he's at work as his son rides the consortium. So, I to do that. If you move to slide eight, you will see just how easy it is. It's web-based, it's where the bus. Schools can go in, log on, parents can go in and log on. Slide nine shows how it is secure. You have to know the student ID, you have to know the birthday. It's not like anybody can find any other student. This is secure to the families for that child only. All this app shows is where the bus is at on the road and how far it is from the bus stop. It's not showing speed, it's not showing the other children on the bus stop, just your child, how far they are from their house. Slide 10 moves into the second half of what I would like to purchase for our buses. It's a combo reader and a tablet. So <coughs> the slide shows the combo reader separate, the tablet separate. What this will allow us to do, as we learned with COVID, we have learned that we need to know where our students are and how long they spend time on the bus. What this will do is this gives us the opportunity for a student to slide a barcode under a reader and go get on the bus. It logs within the system that that student is now on the bus. When they get off, they scan and they walk off. We know when they're off the bus. The tablet also gives a lot of other information that from the transportation department and the bus drivers, it gives them routes. It gives them the ability to do their pre-trips electronically. It will give the contractors the ability to do maintenance reports based on pre-trips, all web-based. So we're, they're not having a folder with 180 pages and trying to sort through. It's a, the ability for us to be more efficient and better knowing where our students are. Move to slide 11. When those students slide on, if the student's supposed to be on that bus, good. Let's them know that they're there. If the student gets off on the wrong stop, it puts an error message. And in yellow, it tells where they're supposed to get off. And then the bottom one, if they're not on that bus, it will tell you wrong route. They use route, we use bus number, and it'll tell you what bus number there's going to be. Sometimes we have substitute bus drivers. Sometimes we have drivers that are driving different buses for different contractors. This helps know, it helps alert the drivers the S. This kid is supposed to be on the bus. This did, they did all get on the right stop or the wrong bus. Wrong stop. It's just a protection piece for everyone. If you move to slide 12, you'll see that it's not very large. That's that, uh, the electronics there. That's the little fuse panel on the side of the bus. It's circled in red and it fits straight in the bottom of the window. Very easy, it is not obstructive. The readers and the tablets are not obstructive either. They're mounted low in an effort to facilitate safety. 
if you move to slide 13, you will see the cost for this as we, uh, the one-time fee, $254,135, and then we have ongoing fees of $101,504. For the first three years, this would be covered through the CARES Act funding, and then as we move forward, been working with Ms. Smith and the finance department. We're going to move this into a line item in the transportation budget so that we can move forward. We've got three years that we can work to find to make sure that we get that in there. I've also added in the maintenance as in talking with the company. The tablets and the readers, they say, will never go obsolete. They've, and then the GPS system, they have now moved from the old technology, which they have about 27 years, they've moved into the LTE cell phone technology. They don't anticipate that changing. You know, so when you look at the, your, your phones, it's the same technology that the phones have. They said we are working on a five-year electronics. They anticipate 10 to 15 with them working and not going obsolete. The uh, initial GPS worked for 27 years with the old cell phone technology. I don't anticipate new cell phone technology for 27 more years. So my request is we move forward with this purchase. The If you talk to the business side of the TripSpark company, their process is we've got to fill out the, the PO and then move forward. The in, the hardware guy is said it's my job to make sure I get this done as quickly as possible. They want to push forward with this. They want to get us moving. Caesar Rodney School District is the only one in the state that has this technology. Brandywine is moving forward with it right now, and we would be the only school district in Sussex County that has this technology that serves the schools and serves our families. Is there any discussion? Mm -hmm. Any questions for Mr. Questions. questions. Um, it looks wonderful. It is a big price tag. Is the finance department aware of this and do they feel comfortable or have any concerns about reaching that price tag? Ms. Smith. So for the first few years, we're going to use the SRF, the stimulus funds to pay for it. And then we'll just ship some resources to add that to their um, trans technology transportation budget on the local side to cover the ongoing annual fees and you feel comfortable with that yeah yeah I think we can make it work the second and last question we install this technology in the school buses some of the school buses are contracted once in a while they drop routes in that case would we be able to get our technology back out of that bus yes we, we do that already with our camera systems so when a driver, when the when a contractor gets rid of that bus, we we contact the company. They remove the system. They turn it right back to us. And it would be the same thing with the GPS and the reader and the tablets. Yes, that is correct. That will be property of Indian River School District. Yes. And not the bus contractor. No. Exactly, exactly right. Mr. Tidwell, your your ongoing expense. Are we taking into account uh, replacement cards? For the kids so what right now i've been working with uh mr jerry uh, we have the ability to do the barcodes in-house okay it, it'd be a, a nominal fee great be, i mean we do that now with the, the laptops 
and any kind of technology. You know, they work hard, figure that out in effort to make sure that we have that in place. <coughs> we can work on it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks. I like it. On behalf of helicoptering parents all over the country, they're really going to like this. <laughs> it's just, it's peace of mind. You know, and then talking with the principals, for them to be able to, I'll, I'll talk to a former secretary who's had that phone call. Can you tell me where my bus is at? Right. If they don't have it in their hand already, you'll be able to log on to your own individual, the schools will log on to their own individual website, and they'll be able to tell that parent at that moment where that bus is exactly. The secretary won't be having to call the contractor or call the transportation office and hope that somebody's there at 10 after four. Or then try to call the driver who's driving and trying not to answer a phone because they're focused on driving. The technology is there in their hands. The schools will have it. It's gonna help the schools in the morning because if there's a bus missing, they'll be able to radio into the school. They'll be able to bring it up. They'll be able to find out that the bus is right around the corner and we can know where our children are. Sean, so on in the schools where you say the secretaries will be, will there be specific areas or will it be if you have a cell phone, you can have that app put on there? So the app will be for the parents. Harold and I have it on ours. Uh -huh. We have the one that has all of the, you know, we can see all the buses. The parents will only be able to see the ones for their child. No, but I meant if. Uh, if but in the schools? Yes. It'll probably be, it'll, it's web-based. So they could log on, if the, on their smartphone, they can log on their smartphone and see where everything's at. Or they can, they can on the laptop in, okay, in the Okay, so if they didn't do their own personal phone, then they can use their computer from within school. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, That's, this is all web-based. Everything's web-based. We're moving from, even our software, that, the routing software that we're moving forward to, which was server-based, we're now moving cloud-based. I just want to comment that I appreciate the initiative that you've taken on this project. It's really impressive. Thank you. So this is an action item. Does anybody have any questions before we take a vote? Well, I think it's a great idea. So do we have a motion to move forward with this uh, technology for the students on the buses? I'll Some make a motion that we move forward. Motion made and seconded to move forward. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Congratulations, Mr. Tidwell. Passed by unanimous vote. Six point oh eight, Delmarva Sports Network Broadcast Rights Agreement. Yes, thank you. Both of our high schools were approached by Delmarva Sports Network, which is uh, through WBOC Inc. in reference to an agreement with our high schools to broadcast some of their athletic events. Uh, they could be broadcast live, taped, or videos on demand. Uh, in speaking with our athletic directors and our two high school principals, they are all in agreement that uh, they think this is a good opportunity for our community and our athletes and families and uh, would like us to move forward with this. I did vet the agreement with our attorney. He made some minor changes which were accepted by uh, Delmarva Sports Network. Uh, there, does not, uh, there is no cost to us. Uh, it's just a courtesy uh, for our families and community. I do need a, uh, if the board would like to move forward, I do need uh, a vote, a motion and a vote uh, to move forward with the agreement. Just uh, one question. On advertising, does the district have any concerns where it says they can advertise through banners? 
if we don't have any say in what the banners are, and it, it might be against our policy on what they're trying to advertise? Uh, I can look into that. Typically, the banner is just the Delmarva Sports Network, but I can verify that, and we can um, amend that if we need to. Um, in talking with both principals, they didn't have any concerns with that, but I can look into that as well. I think it's a great idea to move on. Whatever company we were forced to use, it was a nationwide National High School, something, I forget the acronym. I fielded a ton of problems and questions and replay, and it was just difficult as the Dickens. But if you had three or two, three or two sports or some other loca local, that, especially with wrestling, they were pretty good in the commentary. The YouTube Live did well. What's that? YouTube Live or something? Yes. That, yes. that worked well. Yeah. I, I thought we did a good job kind of controlling ourselves, but we went with a nationwide company. I think it was something that was forced upon us through DIAA. I was not satisfied with that. And the charges they were asking for, it was, I just didn't like it. I, I love that some local entity that we're familiar with is BOC, and that's where we get our local news from. This is something we can partner with. So I think this is a, a phenomenal idea. Is there any further discussion? Is this a year-to-year -year agreement? Yes. Okay. This will be, the term is the 21-22 school year. Okay. States here that DSN agrees that it will not permit products or services to be advertised during the games or the commercial agencies thereto if such advertisement are impermissible according to the rules and policies of the team. I didn't see that. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.09, Inu River Education Complex, uh, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, new stack liner for boilers. Good evening. Coach Booth. Uh, on your board docs uh, should be a quote tally form listing the replacement of the liner that collapsed a couple months ago, uh, servicing the boilers at Iraq and SDSA. Uh, this particular project uh, has very few vendors in this area that do this type of work. We were able to obtain two quotes, a no quote, and uh, we got one no response at all. Um, we recommend to the board that the lowest quote from Tate Engineering at $49,990 uh, be accepted to perform this work, and we anticipate that being paid for with minor cap funds. Any questions? So moved. Your recommendation that we move forward with this, Mr. Booth? Yes. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Move forward with it. 6.10, Indian River High School new tractor quotes. Yes, uh, Mr. President. On your board docs uh, should be a quote tally form uh, for a new tractor of a bigger <coughs> size for Indian River High School. In the past year, my department looked at uh, equipment upgrades and needs of our schools. Uh, all schools have adequate equipment. However, Indian River High School requested a larger tractor to perform work similar to that of what Sussex Central High School requested a couple of years ago. We recommend to the board the lowest quote, which was Selbyville Tractor. It was $39,134.37. 
after reviewing all the proposals and feel that they are in the same class of equipment, Indian River High School has agreed that this is the best choice. Uh, so they reviewed it. And this is to be paid by minor cap funds. Indian River High School's current tractor would, would then be assigned, it's a New Holland, would then be assigned to Ingram Pond to assist with the acreage out there and to cut the fields and clear the trails. Uh, their current tractor is over 30 years old and constantly needs repairs. So the recommendation is to uh, accept a quote from Selbyville Tractor. Okay, before we do that, um, the new tractor is also coming with different implements, correct? Correct. It's not just the tractor itself. That's, that's so correct. So we're getting a bucket and some other gear in that same yes. price. So it's not just the tractor. The, the tractor that we do have at Ingram's Pond at the moment, we know has a blown clutch. We also know that the hydraulics on the bucket are definitely leaking even when it's sitting there under any kind of pressure. I mean, it's 30 years old, the seals are shot. So at this particular point, um, I think this sounds like a great idea. I think there'd be a lot of good winners um, with it. So I'd certainly like to recommend that we support this. What are the particulars on this tractor, Mr. Booth? Or what size tractor <clears throat> are we talking about for 39,000? It is a uh, 55 horse. It's a New Holland. Um, of course, it comes with a cab, enclosed cab. Uh, it comes with a bucket, an 84-inch bucket, as uh, Doc mentioned. Um, I'm not sure what else you want to know. And it's going to be used, it's, it's in Indian River School District or Indian River High School, but will also be used at, no. No, no. The old one goes to Ingrams. Understood. Copy direct. I okay. was con concerned with it going to the high school and being transported to Ingrams. I understand. But Ingr Ingrams, do, doesn't a lot of the field work done by whoever's farming it, or is that not the case? Only the front field. The back two fields we've been maintaining in the last couple of years. They haven't put any crops in the back They're, two fields? They get ate up with the, the, deer, the deer, and uh, the production's very low. So the, the current farmer okay. just tills the front acreage. And there's also trails uh, throughout the, the uh, property. Okay. Yeah, currently, if you drive back there, you go to those back two fields and back to where the fire was a couple of years ago, uh -huh. that has already started to become substantially overgrown. And it doesn't take very long in that environment to lose the trail completely. Um, and again, our current tractor, it won't even hold at a, at a level with the, uh, the bush hog that's on there it drifts all over the place. So it, it's very, very hard to do a good job of any type. Very good. I'm in favor of it. Is there a... I'm sorry? Is there a motion to... Yeah, I would like to make a motion we accept this. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. 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 Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. All right, thank you. Thank you, sir. Millsboro Middle School uniforms. Field hockey. Boys soccer, track, football, softball, and baseball. Yes, thank you. We reviewed each of these at the recent committee meetings. <coughs> um, all uniforms meet our policies with regard to the color makeup. And I will note that we have, uh, per the committee's request, uh, looked at adding the American flag to be consistent with some of our other uniforms throughout the district. And those have been added to, I believe, each of these. Um, and so uh, I would make a recommendation to move forward with the purchase of these uniforms. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. 
Any further discussion? I would like to, one, say I appreciate the fact that we're putting American flags on our uniforms. I'm hearing, unfortunately, that that seems to be some controversy with different colleges throughout this country. <laughs> but it's not a problem here in Sussex County, and I think it's something we need to stand and be proud that we're doing, that most of all of our uniforms have the American flag. I think that's pretty uniting. When this was brought up at finance, I'd have to say multiple people um, independently were suggesting the American flag. It wasn't just one person that said, hey, let's do it. It was pretty much the, the, the tenor of the entire room that that's what we needed to do. And you're right. Amen. I thank you guys for that. There's a motion made and there's a second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote with the American flag. Six. The, tra the track Four. uniforms. Um, you said track uniforms? Yeah. It shows that we're getting shorts, but there's no display of the shorts. Fine this time, but it would be nice to see what the, the shorts look like. Mr. Brazier, are you aware of the color of the shorts? Thank you. Mr. Pete, were you looking at the style? At style, the, the cut, and yeah, that, that's my only concern. Yeah, typically we have the images for all aspects, so we'll make sure that moving forward that we have all of that. You want that forwarded? No. Okay. okay. 6.12, uh, teacher hourly EPR pay rate proposal. Yes, Mrs. Bunting. Good evening. This is for discussion for the board this evening. We'll be bringing this back to the board next month for a vote. It has to do with an increase in the hourly teacher pay rate for um, extra duty work. <clears throat> it has not been updated in at least 15 years. We're requesting it to be updated. Currently it's $24.50 per, for per center slash product production. We're asking that to be raised to $34.65. Currently, if you're sitting in a professional development meeting and you're not, pres you're not presenting or producing a product, it's $22.50. We're asking that to be raised to $24.50. Any questions from the board? And this is a discussion that we'll vote on at a later board meeting? Vote on it in June. Okay. Yeah. Any questions? Just a comment. I think this makes good common sense if it hasn't been raised in 15 years. You know, some things have gone up in the meantime. This is a modest increase. I think our teachers certainly deserve it. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons we asked to take a look at it. So it, it's a good idea. It needs to be done. Any further discussion? Athletic Director Eber. This was brought up in the Finance Committee as well. This is for discussion for the board this evening. We'll be asking for a vote on it next month. It has to do with increases in the Athletic Director um, stipends and to create scales for the high school and for the middle school. The Athletic Director pay has not been updated in about 20 years. Any questions from the board? It no, but a suggestion. Nice. Um, when we looked at this, you had had a very nice chart and a really nice breakdown that showed all of that, and it might be helpful if you sent a copy of that to all the board members to take a look at, because you were showing where it would fit in and how it would be calculated and what it was going to be. Yes, I think there's something attached tonight. 
It's in there. Or it might be in your packet. Yep. Oh, on the paper side. Yes. Okay, thank you for that then. I just, I didn't see it. Any other questions? Ah, yes, thank you. Yes. I'm in favor of it, but it would be nice to have a history. We see what you're proposing. What is it now? Um, right now, um, it's a 10-year pay scale for the high school. It starts at 6,500. It caps out at 8,500. That's for the high school. The middle school doesn't have a pay scale. They are paid as game managers. And one of um, the issues with the middle school piece it, the game manager is while there are games going on and it doesn't take into account all the other time spent on the middle school end. Does it show us what the game managers <coughs> compensated? Um, it, I believe it's $69 a game. I had on there 52. Originally that had been increased <laughs> to 69. Any other questions? Hearing none, thank you. Old business, major capital planning. Yes, thank you. Um, the schematic de design phase is ongoing for our Sussex Central project. The building footprint is continuing to be refined and progress continues on the exact location of programs within that school. The site design is developing along with building the building footprint. Supplemental facility tours with board members are to be rescheduled for this June. Thank you. 7.02, Howard Tiennes. Thank you. Site work continues. Uh, anyone that's been by has seen movement and activity, a lot of activity across the street there from uh, Sussex Central, but uh, that site work continues. The focus is on fill material for the building pad areas. Foundations are complete through area A, C, D, and area E is currently being completed. Underground utilities uh, area is complete in area A and currently wrapping up in area C. The first slab on grade was poured on the 513 and the next slab is scheduled for this week. Steel erection is scheduled to begin on June 14th. The substantial completion date for our Howard Tennis project remains May 22nd, 2022. May 22nd, 2022. Yes, sir. I hope so. Any discussion on Howard Tannis? 7.03 GW Carver consent update. Dr. Brittingham. Good evening, everybody. Um, just a few quick updates. The Indian River School District Equity Steering Committee held our seventh meeting on May 18th. Um, our next one will be a full day summer retreat with the um, district cabinet to build out our equity framework action steps as we head into next year. It'll be a full day in person June 29th and we're looking forward to being back in person. Um, Dr. Linda Wren, who is a special master for the Carver Consent Order, um, met with all secondary school counselors and a building administrative representative on May 17th to discuss specific strategies for improving overall Indian River School District graduation rates. Um, all school counseling plans will include a specific goal next year to support that across all of our secondary schools, so we're kind of streamlining that work. She also met with the leadership cabinet and all building administration principals and assistant principals on May 21st to review and discuss district data around disciplinary exclusions and graduation rates. 
We discussed areas of disproportionality across the district um, and our data and areas that we need to grow in and areas that we have strengthened. Um, so again, administrative teams are going to work on setting goals around closing those gaps for next school year. And we have our next district community advisory board meeting scheduled for June 10th at Millsboro Middle School at 4.30. Also excited to be back in person. Any questions for me? Thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Brittingham. Committee reports, 6.01, building and grounds. Doc? Yep, we had a very busy uh, building and grounds. A lot of things were covered. Some things have already been voted on, et cetera. Um, Sussex Central High School master schedule is being shared in the next committee meeting as soon as it's available. Um, natural gas conversion is ongoing. The usual buildings and grounds support center doing very well with that. Chiller replacement uh, looks like it's going to be on July the 6th. That's the shipping date. There have been some shortages of copper and other items. Uh, the existing chiller is working but at a low level at this point and accordingly once we get it it should take about two weeks. Mike Williams uh, did offer the possibility of relocating the students to another location while the install was being done because we had a lot of summer school going on. One item that was talked about extensively was the Millsboro Middle Gym Bleacher Report. Um, Joe, you want to fill us in on that one, please, if you will? There's a lot of stuff that got discussed there. There were um, a lot of questions um, from board members and people at the committee meeting, and we're researching all of those uh, right now and expect it to be back on the agenda, expected to be back on the next month's building to okay. grants agenda. I know they had, there were some quotes for removing uh, some of the bleachers not being used and some things we could do with the, uh, one exciting idea was if they do remove the, the bleachers at some point, um, instead of just trashing the lumber, that's some very, very good lumber. People in the community who may want something for a project, this would be a great way to, you know, have a piece of your school uh, in your home if you wanted to, and that's being explored as well, okay? And we're, we're firming up the prices uh, for removal, for uh, rehab on, the, on a lot of different issues. Right. It kind of bled over into other uh, bleachers and apologize for that, but it, it was interesting discussion. Yes, it was. Um, one item that took up an awful lot of time was the proposed construction change order procedures. And those that have been on the board when we were doing other large projects know that we had a, a cutoff of five, ten, and 15,000. Um, that goes back to the Indian River High School, which is 2004 through eight, and the, the whole process of, of the big buildings. Um, Mr. Dufenbach was present, and he shared with us that the new numbers seem to be 25,000, which can either be approved by the supervisor of buildings and grounds or director of business. Um, the next category was 25 to 50,000, which had to be approved by the superintendent as well as either the supervisor of building and grounds or director of business. And then there was the 50,000 or greater one, which would basically have to come to the entire board of education. Looking at what the prices are today and looking at the models that we were presented uh, with from other districts and their construction, this seems to be a reasonable way to go. I would say Mr. Dufendock's here today. Yep. I mean, if there's any questions, we can ask him. From looking at it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, if we stay with lower amounts of money, we could be busy meeting with an awful lot of stuff. 
it also would affect some of the timeliness of what we're doing. Sometimes for the smaller amounts, it's better just to kick them in and get it done. All right. I mean, my own personal recommendation, the committee would be to accept it. Sir. Quickly, we, we looked at several other districts, and really it's a yes. conservative threshold. Uh, several districts have higher limits that they give pre-approval um, to the various administrators. So <coughs> I think the 25000 and the 50000 particularly for the scope of the project, as yes. large as it, as it is, uh, is a conservative number to still have 50000 as the threshold that requires it to come to the board. Uh, again, trying to balance efficiency and fiscal accountability. Right, and I would like to thank you for taking the time to dig all of that up because it had to be a lot of work. And then you presented it to us in a nice fashion. Thank you for that. Okay. Just and a discussion. I do believe this is something we have to we have to vote on this tonight, don't we, Joe? I believe we probably should. Next month. Okay. So I believe they I believe they want to discuss it in committee again. again okay. Uh, with the final uh, version, and then bring it up for a board vote at next month's meeting. Okay. But at least you're all aware of what the process is now. Um, Georgetown Middle Stadium stands. Uh, we tabled that. Some issues were there with repairs. Um, HVAC CARES funding. It was exciting to find out that some of this can be paid for with the ESER funds, uh, which is good. The estimated cost to repair all of our HVACs is between two and three million. GIPE Associates will be taking a look at the technical side again. That's things that we can't do, and they gave us a very complete picture last time, so it's a good deal. Playground reports. We had some uh, informational summaries with plans and proposals uh, from Mrs. Blannard. Outdoor classrooms, again, if you'd like to give us a brief summary on that, ma'am. Sure, we're, uh, we're investigating proposals for the outdoor classroom, so we'll be bringing that back to the committee next month for a final decision for board consideration. Okay, this sounds like a nice thing to do. IREC SDSA, IRS H, IRHS entrance, Joe. No, he wasn't done, so I... Nah, might as well hang around. And mask off. Um, yes, sir. We're still discussing. It's, it's, and I, I'd invite each of the board members, if you will, if you want to take a look at the main office uh, before you leave tonight. It's uh, configured uh, pretty interesting with different angles and whatnot. And uh, Mr. Williams and I uh, discussed this uh, before the meeting. And we're, we're narrowing it down and came up with, with yet another idea that we think uh, might help. Um, and so we started with a contractor who had several suggestions uh, for that project, uh, which was a good thing to do. And then um, we're still following up with staff members. Uh, Mr. Williams is going to talk to his staff members uh, tomorrow about what we discussed tonight. So we're, we're narrowing it down and getting a little closer. Um, which I'm hoping that we'll, we'll have something definitive by the uh, next month's uh, Buildings and Grounds Committee meeting. And what was really nice from my perspective is virtually all of the drawings that we were shown of the plans had been done by our own students here in-house. That's correct. They did okay. a nice job. I, I thought that was a good practical application for them to be able to see a real-life scenario develop and see how many prototypes it could go through. Um, and, you know, wherever Mr. Williams is, good job. I don't, I don't know if he has anything he wants to add. Mr. Williams? 
Uh, we're discussing that secure entrance. We just didn't know if you had anything to add. Um, we know that you reviewed it again this evening with Mr. Booth. <laughs> Any specific questions from the board members? We wanted to give you an opportunity to update if you had any updates. I think, I think Mike, uh, what I was trying to explain was the complexity of, of trying to find uh, a workable solution in that office because of the different angles, um, the loss of offices, et cetera. And we had a very good discussion tonight. <coughs> bring more back to the board next month, correct? Yeah, we hope to have that finalized and something okay. have in place by the fall, I think. Thank you. And that's the report. Thanks, Doc. Comprehensive school safety. Yeah. No, nothing to report this month. We have any tabletop scheduled? Or is that this fall? Uh, nothing right now. I reached out to the SR and nothing to take uh, scheduled that I know of. Okay. 8.03 finance doc finance we've already discussed a lot of things and i know uh mrs smith will be um giving an explanation as well one of the big topics of discussion though was the doe's proposal to accelerate funding for the new sussex central high school you may want to be here for that one of the concerns that came up with that in other words they want to give us a couple years funding early because they want to use the money well, we have an obligated schedule on tax increases that we had told the public about, and if they give us that much money that much earlier, the taxes would probably have to be adjusted if I get it. Is that what we want to do? So if you want to give some more detail on that, please. Right. I received a phone call from the Delaware Department of Education that they were looking to give us the funding for years two and three for Sussex Central in year two and the funding for year four in year three. Um, so we discussed that in committee and with what we advertised in the referendum and all of the unknowns as far as what the interest rates would be and the impact of this down the road, we decided that there were too many unknowns to really move forward with that and ask for a board vote. But we wanted to share with the entire board. So are we any closer from what you've looked at? No, yeah. it still needs, what's the time frame on this? When I got the call several weeks ago, um, I, we needed to let them know as soon as possible. However, I informed them of our board meeting schedule um, and they understood that, I guess, and was waiting for this meeting. So. Okay, but we would have to basically have a higher tax increase at that time. In, correct, in this coming 
fiscal year. Yes. Okay, in the coming fiscal year. Alrighty. Do we know what the tax rate increase would be at that point if they did this? Not exactly <coughs> because these are bonds that would be issued sometime. Typically, the state issues the bonds between January and March. This year, I'm guessing due to COVID, they didn't issue the bonds until May. So I didn't have the tax rate for this, or the, I'm sorry, the interest rate. I still don't have it. I think they're being issued this week. I think it's the 28th. So I don't have the interest rate for the first year of funding, much less we wouldn't have the interest rate for this funding until later in the year. And given all the unknowns and the volatility of all of that, okay. I, I think there's just not enough information to take the risk. What you just said, not enough information. Under those circumstances, me personally, would not be interested in accepting the money early because I don't think we have enough information to make a, an intelligent decision. I just don't. So I know they want an answer quickly, but my again, this is my recommendation to, to not go forward with this at this time and bring it back at another time once we get more details. And it may be a one-time offer. I don't know. But. Either way, we get the right. money just spread out over exactly. the, the same time exactly. period. So there's no loss to the district correct. if we do not act on this, correct? correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Although so, it wouldn't hurt to explore, interest rates are at historic lows if we could lock in now opposed to two or three years later with the rising cost of interest rates. Not saying to do it, but it wouldn't hurt to inquire what the interest rates would be. Right, so I know the interest, I don't have the exact number, um, but it was just under 2%, I believe, for the bonds that were just issued. We estimate a 5% interest rate um, for the referendum, which is typical across the school districts. But again, these bonds wouldn't be issued until after December. So we wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, I, just, I don't think they're gonna skyrocket, but we don't know. No, and I agree, exploration for the same reasons you're talking about, we, we discussed that also, uh, Mr. Peden, but I, I would prefer to have some harder numbers um, one way or the other. It, it's going to have to be down the road that we make the right. decision. Right. Okay. But we would also be affecting the tax rate of the public, am I correct? Correct. Differently than what we promised them with correct. the referendum. Correct. correct. And that's one of the changes because now you have to explain it to the public as well. And one of the things we looked at is we projected the interest rate at one percentage, um, and it may actually end up being lower. All right, we don't know that, but even if we took two years, it might still be lower than what we projected, but we just don't know. Do we control that the influence? The rate, no. No, no, no but, but I'm saying if the, the tax rate, we, we, we put that out to the public in the referendum, and we, we gave a, a kind of a general Correct. where we'd be. And, and, and to ask for more money earlier, that's going to increase that tax rate Correct. beyond what our scope was. So, Correct. And, and we, we wouldn't have to go back to referendum to do that? We would just... No, the referendum is to authorize the borrowing of the bonds. Uh-huh. Right. Um, the interest rates are an estimate of that time because you're going to get four years worth of bond issuances um, for that. So I, understand the, I understand the importance of getting the interest rate and the cost of materials going up. Yes. But I think we, we want to make sure the public understands what we're faced with. If we were to have to do that, we, we better do a pretty good campaign of making the public aware that we're going to be affecting their tax rate differently than we anticipated. That, right. that well, would be my and big I think concern. The, the turnaround for this doesn't lend itself to that, unfortunately. I, correct. <clears throat> I agree. We wait. We wait. If we're dealing with the public yep. tax rate, we wait till we have all the numbers to explain Absolutely. to them how 
well well there's another system. item that plays in here too which is part of the same discussion and that is that um, normally these contracts have X number of an escalation clause so you figure there's going to be some percentage of inflation with what we do and as you just pointed out and so has everybody else that the kind of numbers and in inflation we're getting on <coughs> materials right now is vastly higher than anything we've looked at in any of our other contracts so which means that we could potentially run short and we've also asked the state or mrs smith is going to or probably has already what happens if we do run short because our referendum was for x amount of dollars but given the materials in some cases you know if an average two by four went from three bucks to ten and a half sheet of osb is now sixty dollars a sheet as opposed to ten okay that's a lot of an increase that was never built into the original referendum because nobody ever saw it coming. Okay, the best analogy here was when we did the uh, Indian River High School and Sussex Central High School years ago. We passed the referendum at something like $148 a square foot, and the day we passed it, they allowed $168 a square foot, so we started off a couple million bucks short right off the bat. And at that time, we went to the legislators, explained it to them, and they made arrangements so that we could get the extra money that we would need. This is a similar situation, um, and we're going to have to go to the, the legislators or somebody to figure out what we're going to do if and when, and there probably is a when, that shortage is going to show up. The materials are just too high. But it's not our fault that that happened. It's just part of the entire pandemic response. It's just the market that we're in. Okay? And I know uh, Dr. Owens had already called on one item um, dealing with steel where you know, it was a good 100,000 more than what we had anticipated. But if we waited, it would be another 20 on top of that. Okay? So, I mean, there, there's going to be some interesting things coming down. And if the state can't give us an exact number on the interest and the other stuff, and they won't give us an answer on this, and we all know how the legislators in the state can be slow, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables going on right now. It was, a, it was a great discussion that we had at finance. You guys missed an exciting one. Okay. And the, the market pressure issues are being worked on yeah. on many different angles at this point. So that's that. Like I said, it was an exciting series of conversations. Okay, lots of big stuff. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Doc. Moving on, 8.04 curriculum. Dr. Statler. Thank you. Uh, a couple of items have already been discussed, the uh, secondary math presentation, the long-term instructional technology plan, uh, pathway to citizenship. Dr. Jern shared information at our uh, committee meeting regarding a possible partnership with Delaware Tech um, for students in regards to the pathway to citizenship. Um, the district actually sought permission from the committee to investigate this opportunity a little bit further and if deemed appropriate, bring a proposal to the board for consideration. So that's in the exploratory phase, um, and the committee agreed to that. Summer programming updates. Every school uh, at this point is continuing to finalize their invites for students coming into our summer program. Um, right now we have a little over 1,000 students, and transportation uh, planning, I believe, is underway for that as well. Um, special education recovery services are continuing to be completed in all of our buildings. Letters have been sent out to families, um, so we know the current status of the services and the students. And the district is working to fill all of our related service positions as we work uh, 
into next year, and we are actively seeking school psychologists. We um, cannot find enough candidates at this point, so we are still seeking school uh, psychologists. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Staff. 8.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Ms. Liaga? Um, no report. 8.06, DSBA Legislative Report. Um, the next meeting we have is next Wednesday. I do plan on attending. So for the June meeting, we will have a report. Was there anything on the legislative table about criminal history for school board members? Was yes, that? there was. And if I'm not mistaken, that, that either passed or it did go through. Somebody sent something out a bit back. That there's a lot of material, but I, I want to say that they did um, pass that part of it. So they're going to run a criminal check now on you if we sign up for a school board. They don't have that currently for the legislators or senators, do they? No, I do not believe so, no. Seems to be a popular topic right Thank now. you for pointing that out, by the way. That's an, an interesting uh, dichotomy. <clears throat> do as I say, not as I do. Correct. No surprises there. 8.07, Mary Bailey Scholarship. Mr. Beaton? Nothing to report. Is there a time frame when we normally make those selections with a Mary Bailey Scholarship? I'd have to ask the committee. Uh, board members are not allowed to accept applications, deliver applications. I, I can just report what's reported to me. Okay, gotcha. 8.08, um, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Stadler? Uh, right now, this, the um, ambassador nominations are currently open. They opened about a week ago, and they will remain open until June 16th. Uh, we've had a great response so far, and our next meeting of the committee is June the 2nd. Any questions? Thank you. Thank you. Yep. 8.09, policy. Yes. Uh, Mr. Collins is unable to be with us tonight, so I'll go through. Uh, first, your first reading, uh, GCBA 2, locally funded staff salary increases. Uh, this is a draft policy for a first reading. Uh, this policy was drafted uh, by our HR department, as well as supported by uh, Mr. Doofendock, who is, uh, we are consulting with, and this helps us to bring our locally funded staff salary scales into alignment. Um, and I know they both can answer any questions, but again, this is for a first reading and uh, was submitted through the committee. Any questions? Moving on. Okay, GBCB6, social networking, uh, electronic communication, um, minor adjustments here, um, no major changes, but again, just a first reading. JF, student rights and responsibilities. This went through our attorney, and you can see some, um, some changes here that were recommended in the wording. Again, this is directly from um, the input from our attorney. Any questions? JHFB, school safety monitors, uh, very minor <coughs> changes. We've adjusted uh, the school safety monitors to read constables uh, that aligns with their uh, titles and certifications. No questions? 
Okay, our next, uh, our last four, I believe, this is the second reading for these uh, professional staff salary scales. Uh, I want to thank our group that uh, we've had committees and this has been um, reviewed by a group of our uh, administrators. You can see some of the updates in green uh, have been added based on that feedback. A lot of work went into this and again, I want to thank Mr. Doofendock who we have consulted with uh, to assist with um, addressing a policy that aligns with our current uh, pay scale that was developed a couple years ago. <clears throat> Questions? Can you take a vote on this? Mm -hmm. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstained. Uh, can we poll the board, Mr. Troublefield? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Havier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Abstain. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Did she say Mr. I believe yes. Yes. What's the total? Seven. Eight yes, zero, no, and one abstention. Passes by majority vote. Dr. Owens? Okay. GCN, uh, Mr. <coughs> Collins has asked for that to be tabled uh, until a future meeting. Uh, it was uh, second reading for deletion, but he wants to review that wording, whether it should be added somewhere else. So we will table that and take it back to committee per his request. Okay. Um, BDDG, uh, Procedures for Digital Recordings. This is, uh, we've added the language from code. Here we are recording our, our board meetings, but we have changed the terminology from audio tapes to digital court recordings to align uh, with our code. And we would ask, uh, because this is a second reading, um, consideration for approval. Any questions or discussion? Hearing none. Is there a motion to approve? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Dr. Owens. Okay. The last one, KBB, Freedom of Information Act. Again, this was vetted through our attorney, and you can see within board docs uh, several updates that he has made to align with uh, the current code. Any questions? Hearing none, is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you, Dr. Owens. Welcome. 810, IRE RIP. Mr. Manuel. Good evening, ma'am. My name is Cassie Queen. I'm the vice president of the paraprofessionals for the IREA. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of IREA tonight. We just have a couple things. Um, one is the teachers, paras, and secretaries. Um, the 
contracts were all successfully ratified by the members. And so with that in mind, IRA is pleased that those three contracts were, are coming before the board tonight for approval. Um, we're hoping for continued success as the custodians begin to, um, to do their contract negotiations this week. And also IREA is looking forward to working collaborative, yeah, collaboratively with the district as they make plans for the ESSER three funds. Have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Superintendent's report, 9.01, Dr. Owens. Thank you. Uh, within Board Docs is my activities uh, over the course of the month, and um, happy to answer any questions. Again, the highlights there were visitation to schools and very busy uh, collaboration with our architects and engineers for our two capital projects, um, uh, Howard Tienis and Sussex Central. first bullet point there. Um, any questions? Moving on. Um, financial reports, 10.01. We have a motion to accept the regular invoices for the month ending April 30th. So moved. Motion second. made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Ma'am, go right ahead. All right, your board packets have the financial reports. So these are as of April 30th, that we were 83% of the way through the fiscal year. We've received 88% of our total budgeted revenue, spent 61% of total budgeted expenses, received 98% of discretionary revenue and spent 78% of discretionary expenses. Howard Tienis has spent 63% of their budget and we've received 100.5% of our budgeted local tax revenue. For part two, we received approximately $12,500 in interest in April. The ILC programs have spent 87% of their budgets. The student activity funding balance is approximately 586,000. The ESSERF one or CARES Act funding, we've received 2.9 million, have 888,000 encumbered, spent 1.1 million and have 861,000 remaining. We have 6.4 million in federal funds available and are holding almost 1.1 million in donations and internal accounts. For major cap, we paid out 511,000 in April. Minor cap, we've spent approximately 4.2 million and have a balance remaining of about 756,000. Any questions from the board? Thank you. Thank you. Moving on? Yes. Go ahead. So the next um, section is the proposed budgetary and contract approval procedures. Um, Mr. Dufendock has prepared um, procedures for items that will be brought to the board for review, and I will let him explain that process. It's going to be 10.07. 10.05. Oh, 10.05, sorry. Uh, yeah, the district just asked me to clarify or make some recommendations on what types of purchases or contracts would require board approval because sometimes it can get a little confusing with there being state contracts and different types of uh, purchasing rules. You can see at the bottom there's different bid thresholds whether you're buying 
um, a tangible material or whether it's a professional service or whether it's a public works contract. Um, so the, the recommendation here is that the board would be required to approve a purchase if one, it was not already um, within the budget allowance that was provided for that budget unit, or two, it required a formal bid or request for a proposal. So you can see the thresholds there. If it's a tangible product, over 25,000. Um, the state of Delaware laws require a formal bid, so they would go to the Board of Education. If it's a professional service, the threshold is $50,000. Uh, if it's a public works contract, the threshold is $100,000. There's also a clarification there that if you're using a state of Delaware contract, which those contracts have already been bid, advertised, and so forth, so, for example, like technology may use a state of Delaware contract to buy a large number of Chromebooks. Uh, that wouldn't necessarily need board approval because it's already budgeted and they're using a state of Delaware contract that's already been formally bid and advertised and so forth. So there's a few unique circumstances that we just wanted to provide a recommendation to clarify in what instance the board would be required to approve that particular transaction. So that's, that's the intent of the procedure. Is there any questions? This is for discussion, did not require a Correct. Correct, it'll come back in June for a vote. Okay. 6.06, Sussex Central High School funding. We discussed that um, with the committee report for finance. And then 6.07. For those of you who may not be aware, we have a citizen's budget oversight committee that meets quarterly. Um, and through our meetings there, we've developed a monthly newsletter. They were looking for a one-page summary of the financial information and the happenings of the district. Um, so that's in your packet, and we just wanted to share that out. It doesn't require a vote, but just so that you are all aware of it um, and can take a look at it. Any questions? Thank you for sharing. Thank Appreciate you. It. Communications, 11.01, uh, field trip requests. Yes, thank you. We do have um, some field trip requests here, all from Sussex Central uh, regarding their FFA and uh, trips on Sunday. The first one is the FFA field trip, July 22nd through 25th, uh, 2021, to Delaware State Fairgrounds in Harrington. The second is FFA field trip on June 6th, uh, Sunday to Maryland State Fairgrounds. Uh, third is Sussex Central FFA field trip, June 27th to <coughs> Delaware State Fairgrounds, and those would all require uh, board action. Is there a motion to approve these field trips? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? second? Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Okay. 1201, personnel agenda. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda minus uh, number 30? So moved. There's a motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, on the agenda, we'll take a vote. Is there a motion to accept uh, employee number 30? Motion made. Is there a second? Second. 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 Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? 
All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. One abstention. Mrs. Uh, Trollfield, will you please poll the board? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Abstain. I think that's nine. Yes, zero, no, excuse me, eight. Yes, zero, no, and one abstention. Passes by majority vote. Moving on to the addendum. Is there a motion to accept the addendum this evening? Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Contractual agreement. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 12.04 uh, negotiations. Is there a motion? I'm going to separate these. There's a motion to ratify the contracts for the teachers. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Is there a motion to ratify the contract for the paraprofessionals? Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Lastly, is there a ratification for the contracts for the secretaries? Is there a motion? Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Um, administrative position, principal. Is there a motion for a particular candidate? I make a motion that we accept candidate number two. Motion has been made for candidate number two. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Is there any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. Uh, Mr. Trophy, will you please poll the board? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Abstain. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Eight yes, zero, no, one Passes by majority vote. We come to the time in the meeting to close the meeting with public comments. Is there any public comments come forth the meeting? Hearing none, motion to adjourn.